My name is Alexis Johnson, and I'm the host of the Poise Pen Podcast. Reading and writing are driving forces of our nation and serve as a foundation for learning, education, and interpreting the world around us. This podcast is designed to provide insight into topics related to literacy, creative writing, and diversity in literature. I'll be discussing a variety of literary topics that I hope will help you find enlightenment, inspiration, and awareness. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Poise Pin Podcast. In today's episode, I'll be highlighting author Margaret Atwood. Atwood is one of Canada's most celebrated writers, and she's known for writing novels, poetry, short fiction, and nonfiction. She's experimental and progressive in her writing projects. Her most popular piece is The Handmaid's Tale, and she's known for experimenting in the speculative fiction genre. To provide a little more clarity on Atwood's preference for speculative fiction, she claims to view the label science fiction as a prerogative term when it is applied to her work. In an interview with the BBC in the UK, she distanced herself from a genre of, quote, talking squids in outer space. As with many current writers, such as Peter Carey and J.M. Cortese, Atwood covers a wide variety of literary genres. Surfacing, written in 1972, draws upon elements of thriller, ghost story, and travelogue. Alias Grace, in 1996, is a historical novel based on a true figure in 19th century history. The Handmaid's Tale, her key work, in 1985, is set in a dystopian future. In the case of The Handmaid's Tale, Atwood has her own name for the genre. Rather than science fiction, it is speculative fiction, meaning a work that employs the means already to hand and that takes place on planet Earth. Atwood writes with brevity, precision, and elegance. In Alias Grace, she shows in only a few words the innocent nature of the main protagonist and the seeming joy of a simple domestic task. Quote, The shirts and the nightgowns slapping in the breeze on a sunny day were like large white birds or angels rejoicing, although without any heads. Unquote. And that quote comes from her piece Alias Grace. The flowing rhythm is jolted by her correction to her thought process. Atwood's humor is dark. In The Blind Assassin in 2000, the Chase family discusses buttons. The text says, quote, War is good for the button trade. So many buttons are lost in a war. It has to be replaced. Whole boxfuls, whole truckloads of buttons at a time. They're blown to pieces. They sink into the ground. They go up in flames, unquote. The theme of woman's status and subjugation is common in Atwood's work. From her first novel, where a recently engaged woman feels her body and mind becoming separated, in The Edible Woman, 1969, to a possible future of sexual oppression in The Handmaid's Tale, and to a past where a woman convicted of murder is either a desperate victim or innately evil, in Alias Grace. Atwood grew up in the wilderness of northern Quebec, Canada, and experienced the increasing commercial impact of America in the 1960s and 70s. Her relationship with, the Canada, with Canada plays an important role in her work. In The Handmaid's Tale, the Canadian wilderness is seen as the only escape from the oppressive republic, which was once the United States of America. So Atwood is a prolific writer. In addition to the novels, she has published numerous collections of short fiction and poetry. Her poetry is often a catalyst to her novels. In an interview with the Paris Review, she describes the process. I don't think I solve problems in my poetry. I think I uncover the problems. Then the novel seems a process of working them out. As many writers attest to, ideas sometimes begin with an image, a scene, or a voice. Sometimes that seed is contained in a poem I've written, she said. While this may seem like a lot to the average person, 
Abbott likes to complete around 1,000 to 2,000 words per day. So she writes the first draft of a manuscript by hand and is attentive to the pen's movement across the page. I can actually relate to what she's saying about that because I've tried writing essays like online and then writing them by hand. And it seems like sometimes when I'm writing them by hand, like my creativity flows more and I can just think better. Maybe it's perhaps because I'm like personally connecting with the writing. So anyways, she's progressive in her outlook on the wider world of writing. And she's the inventor of the long pen, which allows a writer to sign books remotely using a computer in one city and an electronic pen in another. So I guess essentially this kind of helps her like not have to sign them all in one place and more people can get her signature on their books. So she's also the first contributor to the Future Library Project. And the project runs over a period of 100 years with one writer contributing a piece of work each year, remaining until the year um, 2114. So in Norway, 1,000 trees have been planted and will be cut down in the year 2114 to provide the paper on which the text will be printed and read. As an active campaigner for human rights, Atwood is, at the time of, of writing, auctioning the naming rights for her character in one of her novels to raise money for the cause. One of my favorite quotes by Margaret Atwood is, a word after a word after a word is power. I think that in this quote, she's essentially talking about writing because writing is powerful because it allows someone to express their ideas on pen and paper instead of trying to like fight a war or have an argument. And so in this way, I think that she's kind of conveying like the powerful language that she's using in her writing and the powerful impact that it can have beyond just telling a story. So like for instance, whenever someone writes something, they're using their voice to speak up for themselves and just show their opinion and share it with the world. And this really is a powerful tool that more people should use more often instead of turning to violent means or instead of refusing to understand one another. That concludes this episode of the Poise Pen Podcast. Stay tuned for more installments and be sure to check out the unique contributions of various authors to the literary world to my diversity in literature episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the Poise Pen and a wide range of literary projects and topics, visit the Poise Pen on the web at thepoisepenproject.com.